0: Well, the title of tonight's program was Tell Me the Story of Christmas. After listening to that program, I hope you realize that you cannot tell the story of Christmas without telling the story of Jesus Christ. You see, the word word Christmas literally means a gathering of people to celebrate Christ, specifically His birth. His name is in the Word. So when we're thinking about what is the reason for the season... It's to tell the story of him, to tell the story about Jesus Christ. But you have to ask yourself if the reason for the season is to celebrate Christ's birth, a gathering of people that are seeking to celebrate Jesus Christ's birth. What about Christ's birth is worth celebrating? As you listen to that tonight, was it the fact that Jesus was born that was, is so worth celebrating? Is that what we celebrate, that Jesus was born? Or how about how he was born? Is that what we ultimately are celebrating when we celebrate Christmas? No, not really. It's not the fact that he was born. That's history. It's not how he was born. Those are just cold facts that have no particular relation to us. It's why he was born that was really important. And I think if you were listening tonight, you would have heard that story told very clearly, that it's it's the why of Christmas that's so important. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, that that's the reason that he was born. He wasn't just born in some generic sense. He was born for you, and he was born for me. And I couldn't tell the story of Christmas or the message of the gospel, message any better than it was told tonight but the question that I really want to ask you to think about is if Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and if that's the reason that he came to save and rescue those who had a great need that they were hopeless and they were helpless apart from him bankrupting heaven and coming to earth in a form of humility for you and I do you see yourself as the one who needed him to come do you see his rescue as being dedicated to you or focused on you, or having you in mind. You see, that's the problem with celebrating Christmas in general if you don't make it personal. You see, Christ Jesus didn't just come into the world to save other people or to save the whole world. He came to save you, you and I, every man, woman, and child on planet Earth. And you see, you'll never put your confidence or you'll never celebrate Christ's birth into the world to be the Savior of the world, but specifically to be your Savior if you don't think you need to be saved. See, the thing that stops people from putting their confidence in Christ or really celebrating Christmas with a knowledge of what it's all about is that they never saw that they needed to be rescued. You see, saviors are in the business of saving. Saviors come to the world to save those who are drowning, those that are desperate, those that are gasping for their last gasps of air, their last gasps of breath. And the lifeguard comes along and he swims out to them and he says, here, I have a way to rescue you. Take a hold of this and you can be saved from this death that you're facing and have an opportunity to live instead. You see, ultimately, the one of the last groups here, the third through sixth graders, they sang, and they were joined by some of the seventh through tenth graders, but they sang this verse, as a part of the way they incorporated it into a Christmas song, they sang about how Christ came into the world to rescue and to rescue everybody. You see, the Bible says that all had sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that there was none righteous, no, not one, that there was none that even was seeking after God. In fact, the prophet Isaiah went so far as to say that even our best efforts to make ourselves acceptable to God fall woefully. Short. He says, all of our works of righteousness are filthy rags. See, people don't have trouble accepting that when they act out and they do things they know are wrong, that God wouldn't find that acceptable. But the Bible goes even further to say that apart from faith in His finished work on your behalf, even your best efforts to please Him are filthy rags by God's evaluation. Because He's comparing your best efforts or your best stuff to a standard of absolute perfect righteousness. And so we think about, well, what was God going to do? If all of man was born estranged from him due to being sinners, why was that such a predicament to be in? Everybody's in the same boat. We're all sinners. Why is that so bad? Well, the problem is, is that God, although he's loving, God is also perfectly holy. And because God is perfectly holy and we're identified with sinfulness, God cannot be in contact with us. Otherwise, he would be tainted by sin. He couldn't maintain his holiness and purity unless something was done to take away our sin so that we could then have access to him. And the Bible says that the predicament that every man, woman, and child was in is that because of their identification with even one sin, he says, if you're guilty of one, you're guilty of them all. There's not one single just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. That's not me speaking. That's the Bible speaking. And so God said that was the condition. And if we're identified with that sin and God is holy, how can we be where he is? And that's why the Bible says that the wage or the penalty of being a sinner is that you deserve death. You deserve to be forever separated from God. Not because God wanted it that way, but because that's the death that is owed because of your sinful choices. The Bible says we were born into a race of sinners because we were identified with Adam, but we also chose to sin. That's not somebody else's fault. That's our own choices. And that sin estranged us then from God because he was perfectly holy. But the message of Christmas, the thing that we're celebrating, isn't that everybody is hopeless, though apart from Christ's intervention on our behalf we are. What we celebrate about Christmas and Christ's birth is that it set in motion God's plan to rescue mankind from the predicament that he was in. So how did that occur? I hope you were paying attention tonight because this is the greatest story ever told how God in his love came down from glory to humble himself and take on the form of a servant, to become obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, as he said, I don't want you to have to die to pay the penalty or the debt that you owe. I'll die in your place. So you heard about all these pictures about the lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world, about how a spotless, perfect lamb would die in the place of one who was guilty. And that's what the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, did. He came to die for your sins and mine, to wipe away that barrier of sin that was separating us from a holy God. As, as He died on the cross, He took all of our sins and He bore them in His own body on the tree so that through faith in Him, we could be saved. Well, how would that occur? Because we would accept that when Christ died on the cross, He died for my sins. And by believing in that, I could have his payment, his sacrificial death in my place credited to my account. So even my account was, even though my account was in the red, I was bankrupt without Christ, and I deserved an eternity apart from him. God, and his love, as he paid that debt that I owed, he satisfied my account. So that when I put my trust and faith in him, his payment is credited to my account. Now I can be made to be in a right standing with God, not because of something that I've done, but because of something that he's done, because of what he did for me. And as he died in my place, he made me right with God the moment I put my faith in Jesus Christ. And if you don't believe me, let's just look at the most famous verse in Christianity. I'm assuming most people in this room think of themselves as Christian. This is Christianity in a nutshell on the wall. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So what was God's part in this? God loved and God gave. To give is to symbolize a gift. When you give a gift, it has to be freely given, and then it has to be freely received. So what's your part in this? How could you get in on this so that when you celebrate Christmas for the rest of your life, you'll be doing it with a mindset or an understanding of what it's all about? What's man's part in this? Whoever believes in him should not perish, but will have everlasting life. God loved, And God gave, and if you believe, then you get to live. That's how simple the gospel message is. 1 John 4.10 says, in this is love. Not that we loved God. God didn't come and die for us because we were so desperately seeking Him or we were so attractive to Him. We were were described as being dead in our trespasses and sins. We were described as being God's enemies. And God looked at us even in that state and He said, I love you so much, I want to make a way for you. But you see, you'll never accept God's way of rescue if you don't think you have a problem. And so that's where man's part comes in. He, it's not that we loved him, but he loved us and he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And that word just means that God was a satisfying payment for our sins. He settled the debt that we owed. So the, quest, the question when it comes to celebrating Christmas isn't did Christ, was he born? Did he come to earth? Yes, he did. The question really isn't, how did he come to earth? You heard that story tonight. The real question, if you really want to celebrate Christmas, which is what the word means, to gather together with others and really celebrate Christmas is, will you accept the salvation that he offers? Remember, your part in this is, you believe and you get to live. Unfortunately, although anybody could be rescued, not everybody is. Because, you know, the next verse after this says that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He sent him to save the world. He's a savior. But that the world through him could be saved. It goes on to say in the next verse after that, John three eighteen: he who believes is not condemned. But he who believes not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the Son of God. And the next verse after that says the tragic story. This is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. See, God came to rescue you. He offered a way to be rescued from the hell you deserve to a heaven you don't. The question is, will you accept it? The Bible in John 1, 12 says, but as many as received him, To them gave he the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. To believe something is simple. The Bible says that salvation is something children can understand. They have to see that they have a need to be rescued, and they have to grab a hold of the rescue that's being offered to them. It's that simple. Even a child can understand that. Faith alone, by grace alone, in Christ alone, that is the message of Christmas. And thankfully, Christ made it that easy. Because if it were any more complicated than that, and we already messed this up, think what we would do if it was even more complicated. It's simple. I have a problem. Christ made a way. Will I put my trust in that? It says, if I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ on my behalf, if I'm convinced to trust in that, put all of my eggs in that basket, not believe that somehow I could improve on something that was perfect. Because the last words that Jesus cried out on the cross was, it is finished. If it was finished, why are you working so hard to try to do your part? There's nothing more to be done except what has already been done on your behalf and you will be rescued, you will be saved you can know that you have eternal life. That's what the the sixth grader said. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know, K-N-O-W, that you have eternal life. You can leave here tonight truly celebrating what the Christmas story is all about, and I hope that you do. We're going to have now, I hope, a fun time. We're going to maybe try to burn this place down. (laughs) I'm joking.